My name's Cutter Calloway, and I'm Assistant Professor of Theology and Culture at Fuller Theological Seminary. Welcome to Fuller Studio. Welcome to TV and Theology, an audio series in which we construct a theology of television to help viewers more fully engage with the power and meaning of TV. This season, I talk with filmmaker and Fuller alum Avril Speaks about the Netflix Marvel series, Luke Cage. And we're back with (laughs) Avril Speaks laughing, as she always does at me, because I'm hilarious. And we are come to our final episode of this uh, season of our podcast on television and theology and religion and politics and race. I'm talking Luke Cage, and Luke Cage ends like many television shows do, and that is it doesn't end. It just sort of points toward more to come. And it really does problematize how we understand a show. Like, what does it mean? And, you know, all these questions that we're asking. He has this quote at the end. He says, sometimes backwards to move forward, always. We come to the end of this, and there's the climactic battle between good and evil. Luke wins, but then Mariah, the city councilwoman, gets off free from murder, and yet Luke is the only one who is actually innocent, and he goes back to prison to serve time for something he didn't do. And while driving away, he gets this picture on the side of a building, I'm assuming a church, that's a sort of neon lit up cross as Jesus saves, which really kind of calls to mind all of the early opening credits sequences where you see this emblazoned cross on Luke Cage's back. And it kind of looks like a, maybe a tattoo or an imprint or a burn signature, you know, something on him that he really, the cross is like burned into him. It's a part of who he is. And yet here we have this guy that now has saved the day and is going back to prison, it seems like. So you make TV, you write stories. How does this non-ending ending shape how we understand what we've seen for these 13 episodes. What do we learn new about Luke Cage given end of this this season? I'm always a fan of whether it's movies or TV shows that don't have an ending or like leave it open-ended because I think it does just that. Like it makes you, it leaves it open to interpretation and it does make you go back. I feel like more so than movies that have a definite ending, it makes you go back and reflect on the story that you've just seen and try to make the pieces come together and make it make sense. And then you think about where is it going to go next? And like, where do we go from here? Stories that have no end are often in mainstream film and television. That's the thing you don't do. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. they want everything to be wrapped up and yeah. they want things to have a resolution. Like yeah. that's basic story structure is yeah. that there's act one, act two, act three. And yeah. by the act three, You've solved something. And I think that's that's an interesting thing with Luke Cage is that it's not solved at the end. And yeah. like you mentioned, by the end, Mariah gets off scot-free, yeah. who actually killed somebody. Yeah. But, you know, Luke Cage kills somebody in a very violent and, like, yeah. crazy way. But Luke Cage, who actually is innocent, goes back to jail. Yeah. I think it's very telling You know, in terms of the story, like, okay, we get this idea that something else is coming, like this isn't the end of the story, there's more to come. But then even in life, like, that's the story of a lot of black men that are in jail for a crime that they did not commit. And so it goes on, you know, and we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, like that whole element of, you know, story allows us to step out 
so that we can step back in. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think an ending like this, this is, this is the point where we step back yeah. into reality and yeah. go, well, how many men is that their, how many black men is that their story? And then where do we go from here? It leaves us with that question. I feel like it leaves us that non-resolution yeah. intentionally. Yeah, and it seems that it involves us. I like how, you know, that it invites us to go back to the story itself and ask more questions, but then also pushes us out into the world or the rest of our lives with that sort of splinter in our mind of like, well, wait, what? Why? What? You know, which I agree. I tend to like those movies, even if Hollywood doesn't. Um, <laughs> and it reminds me too of this, it, it's kind of like an infinite limbo that the characters are suspended in, that the narratives are, especially because in TV, you never actually know if the next season's coming. So you have to, in some ways, set it up so that the story's not done, so you can keep telling a story. If you wrapped it all up, you have no more TV. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and if you ever want it syndicated or anything like that, you want a number of episodes. But you never know. So you have all of these stories now that then they didn't make a second or third or fourth season or, you know, they yeah. got canceled or didn't get picked up again. And so we'll never have mm -hmm. resolution. Very rarely does a TV series conclude, you know, mm -hmm. like with the final, here's what we, how we wanted to end it, you know? Right. But it does make me think not only in terms of television, but then our stories, like how we then tell stories. So I sense that a lot of times as Christians, as people who interpret the Bible, maybe publicly, how it relates to whether it's race or violence or anything else, that we try to tell the whole story every time we're telling the story, right? Mm -hmm. That we, we have to, the whole thing. And if we don't get it all now, we have to wrap it up for you. Nice time. And, right. and yet the whole Bible is basically this. It's these episodic stories that don't actually have an end that mm -hmm. even in the way we then frame the canon, you know, you come to the end of the Old Testament and it's pointing toward something is to come, at least in the Protestant one. Right. And then the New Testament, you know, you have Jesus, he comes back. This is great. He's like Luke Cage, saved the day, mm -hmm. but now he's gone. And he's right. like, I'm coming back. Right? right. And now you all have to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, what we generally like to do is say, Jesus saves, you know, what, what is it? God's in control or whatever is like God, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that's the telling the whole story thing. Yes, right. of course, God is ultimately in control. Yeah. No one's discounting that. Right. But before we get to the ultimate, we're in the penultimate. And to say that is actually to check out of the story altogether. You're not, yes. you're not involved anymore. Yes. And what we need to do is be comfortable with telling the episodes mm -hmm. of our story in ways that don't conclude, don't wrap up, because that prevents or disables us from being disciples, really, to right. doing what Jesus called us to do. Right. Am I crazy I th for thinking well, that? No, I, that? No, I think, no, I think you're right. I think, you know, it's like, what do we do in that in-between time? Is We wrestle, like we wrestle yeah. with the realities of life and we wrestle with what God has said. Yeah. We wrestle with what we see in front of us. I mean, Luke Cage wrestled in that car as he's driving yeah. across yeah. the bridge. He's having to wrestle with the fact that he has to finish serving time for something he didn't do, you yeah. know? And then we have to wrestle with it yeah. too because we've gone through, what was it, 13 episodes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where we've come to really like this guy yeah. or we've become attached to him. Yeah. And now what, after all this, and we learn he's a superhero and he's bulletproof yeah. and we learn all this stuff about him. And now you're telling us that you're sending him back? Like yeah. Yeah. he's a hero. Yeah. He should be celebrated, yeah. not sending him back to jail. And so we have to wrestle with that too. Yeah. And at that point that we have to wrestle with that, I think, again, that brings us back to that reality of like, well, yeah. how do we wrestle with that in real life? In, mm. in a fictional sense, sure. in the world of the Marvel universe, you know, we wrestle with that in going like, what's season two going to yeah. be like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so we wrestle with it that way. 
But I think you're absolutely right. I think we have this tendency to always want to complete the story. I don't think God has completed the story. I think God is still speaking. God is still telling the story. And even in the midst of pain and in the midst of suffering, the story is still going on. It's still being told. I think we do have a part in that, you know what I mean? In terms of how we respond to that. And he's telling story and inviting us, urging us to be involved. Yeah. In it, collaborating in that sense with it. And that's where we've picked Luke Cage because of it broke the internet. Again, we've said it a few <laughs> times, but then also because of how pressing and urgent the issues that it raises are. And so it's not to say that the only story God is telling has to do with race in the United States. I mean, there's obviously other things that need to be on our attention, other things that we need to be involved in. And then specifically, if I'm interpreting some of your comments from past episodes correctly, that not every American Christian is called to do the exact same thing when it comes to race. Like there are different Mm -hmm. ways of going about this, Mm -hmm. but whatever it is, you're invited and urged and prompted to do something, to to respond in some way. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of your ongoing sort of faithful wrestling with the complexity of the issue, the the unresolvedness of the issue, Mm -hmm. which I think is then we say, okay, how do we then bring the gospel to bear on our situation? And, And I'm assuming most of the people that are listening to us talk right now are probably in the U.S. and are dealing with this. And if we're gonna be gospel people who are narrated in this story, I do think that's where we need to find ways to do exactly what you're saying about the end of a season that tells the story and embodies the story and what we're doing in a way that has people going, well, wait a minute, what's happening in season two, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And almost never Mm -hmm. is that our gospel articulation sets people up to go, well, hold on, you know, wait, what, is that it? You know, (laughs) um, and what an amazing thing that would be if that's how we could embody the gospel, if that's how we could proclaim it, that's how we could narrate it in ways that people are actually saying, I cannot wait Mm -hmm. until you release the next 13 episodes because I can't get it out of my mind. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're super comfortable with that in-between time of Mm -hmm. letting it lie and letting it sort of percolate in that way. Mm -hmm. And yet we have Israel, Jacob. That's the story as I was thinking of, of wrestling. His name going from Jacob to Israel is when he actually wrestles with God at this mm-hmm. key turning point in his life mm-hmm. where he's seeking reconciliation with his brother. Absolutely. Right? Who he had done wrong. Mm-hmm. And God says, I'm changing your name to one who's wrestled with God and won and prevailed or something like mm-hmm. that. And he walks forever with this limp, right? Yeah. We need to figure out how to do that, how to wrestle with each other, how to wrestle with God in a way that doesn't say sort of flippantly, well, God's on the throne, mm-hmm, right? Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be my sort of vision for why this series is helpful, why for me, it's incredibly helpful to talk to you. So thank you for uh, spending Absolutely. time doing this. And I've learned a ton. Hopefully you had fun with I it. did, um, I did. Moving forward in your sort of career, at some point we will be able to talk out loud about the project you're working on right now, yes. right? Um, do we know time frame of when that, that'll be? Uh, sometime around April. April of 2017. Uh, April of 2017. Yes. Um, yes. Some of your most recent work will emerge and we can talk openly about it. So I look forward to seeing the stories you're creating and the ways you're embodying the gospel really as a black woman creator of television in the modern West. It is not an easy thing and I'm, I'm proud of you for, for doing it. and. Thank you. And happy to be a a conversation partner along the way. You have been listening to a production of Fuller Studio. Fuller Studio provides articles, podcasts, videos, and other resources for a deeply formed spiritual life. 
Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit us at fuller.edu slash studio.